and welcome back to another episode of Blush. I'm your host, Tiva, and I'm a little irritable today, so we'll see how this goes. I don't know. We'll find out, but I can feel myself being cranky, and I don't know what it is. Um, I would love to blame PMS, but I'm not entirely sure. I'm actually trying to sync my... Uh, so you might know I have the... Um, the aura ring now that I got like really for birth control purposes and the way that I have like not once not once really referred to it and been like okay am I fertile today like really not great um but yeah where was I going with this so yeah I've been trying to confirm ovulation I opened my natural cycles app to see if it could find like a temperature spike so I could confirm ovulation and confirm that I'm in my luteal phase and I have an excuse for being such a big cunt but um stay tuned on that also I really want to have Stella on because um Stella is kind of an expert on cycle tracking like fertility awareness method stuff and she's a really big advocate of not using any kind of apps that do any sort of prediction so natural cycles I think would be an example of that right they use some kind of like thermometer device whether it's the aura ring or a proper basal body temperature thermometer and then based on the data that it gets the algorithm makes a prediction as to whether you've ovulated whether you're fertile etc and she is like vehemently against that she really believes that you should be tracking the data yourself and coming up with conclusions why she thinks that I will let her explain I'm gonna have her on the podcast when I'm back in New York And we're going to get into all of those things because I think it's really interesting. And if, like me, you don't use condoms, then this stuff kind of really matters. So, yeah, we're going to have her on to talk about all of those things at some point in the near future. Um, so my time in Australia is coming to an end. Oh, wait, natural cycles just said that I'm synced. So let's go ahead and open this. It's also not really. Okay, so 97. It says use prediction today, but it like says to use prediction, like uh, use protection all the time, literally all the time, like 90% of my cycle, it says to use protection. Okay, I can't read this. It's a confusing chart. I don't know. Um, Anyway, I'm irritable. Maybe it's because I've been away from my bed. Maybe it's because I haven't been in my own space. Maybe it's because I haven't been sleeping great since I've been in Australia. And I remember saying this before I left. I was like, this is going to be an interesting experiment because I'd been taking gummies like really consistently. I take these amazing vegan gummies that are really high in CBD and low in THC. If you don't know what that means, CBD is the cannabinoid, which is a chemical compound within the cannabis plant that is good for like relaxation and anxiety and things like that, but it is not psychoactive, meaning it does not get you high. Whereas THC is the chemical compound within cannabis that we most strongly associate with feeling high. Now, there are other chemical compounds within cannabis that can make you feel a bit high, like Delta-8 is one of them. Um, When we talk about THC, we're talking about Delta-9 
9 THC, but there's Delta 8 THC, which will make you a little high, but not as high. Anyway, so there's this brand of gummies that I've been taking that a lot of you have ordered that are amazing. I'm obsessed with them. And I was taking them really consistently before I came to Australia. And so I purposely didn't bring any with me. And I was like, this is going to be an interesting experiment. And I really expected to see, uh, I don't know, I kind of expected to see some positive changes in my aura ring data, data in one way or another. I wasn't entirely sure how, but I just thought there would be like a positive sign and something I could take away and be like, wow, look, like, you know, we should not be using cannabis consistently once in a while here and there, whatever. But I don't think it's something that should be a big part of our lives. And lo and behold, my takeaway from this month has been do cannabis, kids. It's good for you. <laughs> like, literally, when I tell you, I've had so many sleepless nights. And it's not like that never happens in New York. But rarely. And those gummies like really, really help me sleep. And I also have like a Delta 8 vape pen. So if I like woke up in the middle of the night, I would sometimes just take a hit and then lull back to sleep. Whereas like if I wake up in the middle of the night here, I'm just like in purgatory for the rest of the night. And I just lay in bed and think about all the fucked up shit that's ever happened in the world. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know if it's like my lack of sleep. By the way, if you want to order the gummies, like I cannot wait to be reunited with them. Like the way I can't wait to see my dog and my gummies, like there are no words. Um, I have a discount code. It is H-I-W-A-A-1-5. So my name with an extra A, aka my last initial, and 1-5, and that takes 35% off. Just kidding. It takes off 15%, obviously. Um, I'll put the link to order them in the show notes, but the brand is Nama. That's N-A-M-A. They're fucking amazing. They ship everywhere in the U.S. and they will change your sleep. I really like the Sleep Plus. That's my personal favorite. Um, There's also a Sleep that does not have THC in it, if you prefer that. Those also work really beautifully. They both have melatonin in them, and then there's a bunch of other stuff. Relax Plus is really nice. If you want a bit of THC, you want a bit of like a giggly high. The regular relax is also great. It has no THC. It does have ashwagandha. I mean, they have a lot of products. So, you know, experiment by yourself. But um, those are kind of my favorites. The very night that I get in, which is kind of soon, but it's a bit of a mindfuck because of time difference stuff. Like it's I, you know, what I'm not good at is time math. And what falls squarely into time math is time difference math. And it's really not an area of expertise of mine. But um, I'm leaving like kind of soon to head back. So like I'll be back in my apartment, hopefully by like 2 a.m. on March 1st first. Yes, I believe that's the case. So like I'm leaving imminently, like I'm going for my last swims. Um, going to be doing like a last supper here and then going to be on a plane for a million hours. But Ozzy's coming back with me, which is amazing um, because obviously I'm afraid I'm going to get stuck in Dallas again because I have never, not once in my entire life, had a layover in Dallas and not had to spend the night in Dallas. 
<laughs> so, and I don't have that long of a layover. Like it's less than two hours. And on the way back, you have to do like customs and immigration in the in-between. And that airport is the succubus of life. That airport is the seventh ring of hell. In fact, I think they may be doing it on purpose. Like I think this might be part of like Dallas, Texas's like revitalization plan. Like maybe this is how they are increasing immigration. They trap people at the airport and then they don't put you up and you have to pay for or even if they do put you up. I mean, I don't think the city really gives a fuck if the airline is paying or if the person is paying. They just want people in their stupid, stupid hotels. The hotels are fine. They're not at fault here. Yeah, so who knows? There's a decent chance I'll be doing a little nighty night at Dallas. We'll find out. Um, At least this time, Ozzy would be with me, which would be nice, although I'm sure I'd be a monster. You know what? I just want to say for the record... I've been lovely every time I've been held in Dallas. I've never been like that big of a monster. I'm only really being a massive monster right now. But every time I've been held in Dallas, I've been kind of the life of the party, not to brag. I mean, I remember one time where everyone was angry other than me. And I was like, guys, our vacation is extended by a night. Let's go to the hotel. Let's have some drinks. Let's hang at the bar. Let's make some friends. And we had a great time. And I got a little drunk and I made have told there was like a guy <laughs> that we were talking to and he told me that for a while he was like doing only fans with his ex-boyfriend and then his boss came and met us because his boss is like randomly in Dallas like I guess he has like some kind of remote job and then I was like drunk and I told his boss that he used to be on only fans and Ozzy got really mad at me and he's like I don't think that was your information to tell and I was like I don't think he minded that much <laughs> but Okay, moving right along. Um, yeah, Australia is coming to a wrap. I am really bummed to be leaving, you know, all the people that I love in Australia. I'm bummed to be leaving the beach and the sunshine and the summer and the palm trees and the pine trees and uh, these like really good salt and vinegar chips that I got here and, you know, all these various things. But at the same time, like I've ma- mentioned already, I'm like cranky as fuck today specifically. Who knows why? I'm excited to get back to my own bed. I'm excited to see Sam. I'm excited to get in the kitchen because every time I travel, I get like so much inspiration of like things I want to recipe create, yada, yada. So that's going to be really fun. Um, I ordered this like massive Swiss ball because I've kind of become a bit of a fitness girly in the time that I've been here. And on the day of the Super Bowl, God, I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast because I feel like I've talked about this um, 650 times since then with like various friends. So who knows? But on the day of the Super Bowl, we were watching at Ozzy's friend's place and there was a massive stability ball there. You know, those like inflatable balls that you can do like abs and shit like that on that are also like really good for pregnant women for some reason. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, but there was one that was 
like the biggest one I've ever seen in my entire life. So like if I sat on top of it, my feet were like a full foot from being able to touch the ground. And now those things like, yeah, you have to stabilize your core to like sit on it when your feet are touching the ground for sure. But if your feet can't touch the ground, it's really fucking hard. I mean, you're just sitting on top of a massive ball trying to make it not move when it's a ball. That's what balls do. So it was an insane core workout to set on it and it was like kind of fun because it was like a game and I was like oh my god I want one of these and I want it this size and it's really fun and I'll sit on it all the time in front of the TV I bet I'm never gonna do it um and I want it to be like a like an ivory or like a nude or like even like a very faint blush pink. I just want it to be a very chic color. So I started looking, looking, looking. Um, it took forever, but I found one. It is intended for pregnant women who are like six feet tall. And I was like, that's the one. And I ordered it. So that's waiting for me. I ordered some new ankle weights because I decided I'm going to wear ankle weights all the time. Now, I have gone through other phases in my life where I've worn ankle weights a lot and I've always pinched a nerve. So we shall find out if that happens or not. Um, and yeah, I'm like really feeling um, called. Is that like a douchey thing to say? Maybe. Who knows? To do more like raw vegan food. I'm not going to go like fully raw vegan or anything, but just eat a higher percentage of raw foods because I think that'll really be helpful in my tummy journey. I mean, it, you know, keeping food raw retains all the live enzymes. Plus, like the fiber content is higher because when you cook foods, some of the fibers cook out. So I think, you know, as I'm trying to decrease my magnesium intake and like really get my colon working on its own again after like years and years and years of having various types of assistance in the matter. I think maybe eating a higher percentage of raw foods is going to be really helpful for that journey. So I have all these like raw vegan recipes that I want to make that I'm so excited about. Also, I'm excited to be reunited with my TV. I have so much TV I need to watch. Like all of my favorite Bravo shows are back on. Vanderpump Rules, Summer House, Housewives of New Jersey. I didn't even finish some of the shit I was watching before I came out here, like Real Housewives of Miami. And I don't think I finished the um, Salt Lake City reunion. I honestly can't remember at this point. Um, also, I want to watch The Last of Us on HBO with Ozzy. It's like some kind of like zombie type show where there are like mushroom people, um, which is interesting. And you know, we as human beings have really evolved with both fungi as an entire class of things and um, with cannabis. So it is like really interesting to me. And it's actually not that crazy far fetched that there would be mushroom people because, again, like we have evolved with mushrooms like mushrooms are such a big part of like what we are as people like we are closer to mushrooms than we are to plants. We're closer to mushrooms than we are well, I don't think that's true. I was going to say to some animals, I don't think that's true. We might be closer to mushrooms than we are to reptiles, but I don't remember if that's true. I watched a documentary on mushrooms once. It was very good. Highly recommended. It was called Fantastic Fungi. Um, you know, mushrooms are a big part of us. Okay. Anyway, I'm just going to move along from that. Um, but I am excited to watch that. Also, we watched You People um, while we've been in Australia and 
Um, it's definitely worth watching. Like it's super cringy in that like kind of good way where it like makes you think and you just feel so uncomfortable. Now, I have heard of people saying that they felt that it like did not portray Jewish people well, but I didn't read the article, so I'm not going to speak on that, but like a bit of a caveat on that. I, I did think it was like really interesting though. Okay, so I want to backtrack to Tasmania for one second because um, one thing that I didn't mention on last week's episode with Saman, which, by the way, thank you for the feedback. You guys loved her. She's so amazing, um, was when we first got to Tassie, we went to this one beach that was completely secluded. And I was like, wow, there's no one here. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sun my perineum. <laughs> now, you might ask yourself, what are you talking about? First of all, the perine- perineum is, am I pronouncing it right? I mean, I'm constantly amazed at the number of words that I pronounce incorrectly. And all I have to say to that is English is my third language. Moving right along. Um, the perineum is the area of skin between your genitals and your asshole, also known as the taint. So there was this thing on TikTok like a long time ago, maybe like a year ago or something about how if you like get direct sunlight to your perineum, like I don't even know what the claims were. Like it was like an intense shot of vitamin D and it'll energize you and you can only do it for like 60 seconds. If you do it beyond that, then it's problematic. I'm not even entirely sure, honestly. I meant to research this, but I completely forgot. So sorry about that. Um, But I've always been curious about it because, I mean, when you think about it, it is an area with very thin skin and it never sees sunlight. And we do need sunlight. Like it is a very big part of us as human beings. I mean, we need it for vitamin D. Other ways of getting vitamin D are very inferior to just getting direct sunlight. And I know like sunlight on the face, aging, yada, yada, yada. But like there are other parts of our bodies, like our assholes that can absorb the vitamin D. So I was like, I'm going to try it. And I took my bottoms off and I positioned myself where the sunlight was lighting, flowing, shining good god directly and I kind of like threw my legs over my head so that my perineum would get a direct view of the sunlight and here's the thing did I get an instant dose of energy no it did come after I had slept literally one hour I couldn't sleep at all before we left for the airport and the flight was one hour so I only got one hour of sleep now I had no energy did this like magically energize me no it did not however when I tell you it was one of the best feelings I had ever had. And maybe it was just like the warmth of the sunlight shining on like my labia and therefore also my perineum because they're all very close to each other. Maybe that was it. Like maybe there was like nothing beyond that. I'm not telling you. But when I tell you it felt right, like it felt like what I should be doing. That's the only way I can explain it. Now, I'm pretty sure medical professionals are like, please don't like, you know, <laughs> get direct sunlight on your assholes and taints and like whatever you could burn from the sun, which I'm sure is true because it's an area that never sees sunlight. So it's not like it has like a base level of like, um, 
oh my god what's the word i'm looking for when tolerance like a base level of like tolerance to the sunlight so yeah i'm sure it does burn easily um i do want to disclaim that i am middle eastern so it's like a little bit different for me um but yeah i'm sure a medical professional would tell you not to do this and i'm not telling you you should do this and i don't even know a lot of people who have like access to be able, being able to do this i guess if you have like a really private backyard or maybe you just like don't give a fuck and you have a backyard that isn't that private or a balcony and you're just like neighbors look at my taint while I sun it I don't know but I'm telling you it is one of the best feelings I've ever felt and I will be chasing that feeling for the rest of my life <laughs> like literally the next time I am able to taint to sun my taint I shall do it because it it just felt right it felt like what was supposed to happen is the only way I can describe it. It felt like what was missing my entire life. You know what? I wonder if I had the ability to sun my taint more often, if maybe I would be less of a cunt. Maybe that is what's missing in my life. In fact, maybe the reason I'm so cranky today is because I haven't had the ability to sun my taint. Okay, moving right along. Um, My friend sent me this New York Times article and then she did a PDF of it and sent that to me because I don't subscribe to the New York Times and it was behind a paywall. And it was an opinion piece called Have More Sex, Please. And um, she was like, oh, this sounds like right up your alley. And I was like, thank you so much for seeing the word sex and automatically thinking of me. Um, but it was really interesting. And so I'm going to kind of summarize it and then give my thoughts on it. Basically, to like put it into like a few words, the author was saying that we are having less sex than ever and we are also more lonely than ever and these things are directly correlated and we need to be having more sex. So I'm going to throw some statistics from the article at you. Um, Americans across all demographics, including people in partnerships, including women, um, are having less sex than they ever had at any point in the past three decades. And I say including women because I do think there's been like a lot of research and attention on like men and incels and things like that. But women are also having less sex than ever. Um, I have a quote in this art from this article. She wrote, oh, I just assumed it was a she. I didn't even look at the name of the author. Uh, also, so sorry if you can hear that sound. I've been trying all day to control the number of sounds that are coming so that I can have a clean recording for you guys. But at some point, I really can't control what everyone in this entire fucking neighborhood wants to be doing at all points. So it is what it is. Um, okay. The author of the article, male or female, and we will not know, or um, non-binary, who knows? I just kind of assumed... It was a female. Hmm. I don't know what that says. Uh, moving right along, wrote, sex isn't the sole form of fulfilling human interaction and certainly isn't a salve for loneliness in all forms. Still, it should be seen as a critical part of our social well-being, not an indulgence or an afterthought. This is in large part because the rise in loneliness closely parallels a decline in sex. More than a quarter of Americans haven't hadn't had sex even once in the past year, the last time the general social survey asked in 2021. It was the highest such level of sexlessness in the survey's history. Interesting. 
Uh, more statistics. In the 1990s, about half of Americans were having sex weekly or more. That figure is now under 40%. Okay, so like a 10% drop. Um, partnership and cohabitation are down also. And somewhere between a third and two thirds of Americans report being lonely. Okay, those are like vastly different numbers, but we're just going to let that go for now. Um, and loneliness is a cycle. So like feeling lonely isolates you. Um, it weakens your social connections. It makes you both physically and mentally sick. And weaker social connections, physical and mental illness make loneliness worse. So it's just this ongoing cycle, right? According to this article, loneliness lowers life, life expectancy by 15 years, which is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes per day. Now, I thought this was a wild statistic, so I researched this and I went down a very intense rabbit hole to be able to research to corroborate it via a peer-reviewed study, but I was able to 15 years. That is insane. Um the number of Americans who report having no close friends at all has quadrupled since 1990. An average American in 2021 spent 58% less time with friends than in 2013. Now, according to this article, COVID contributed but was not solely responsible. This I thought was fascinating. The decrease in time spent with friends was greater between 2014 to 2019 than it was during the pandemic. So um, to rephrase that, during 2014 to 2019, the drop in time spent with friends was greater than the drop was during the pandemic. Now, I don't know. I mean, there are more years between 2014 and 2019. So like, I don't know if that's kind of a contributor, but that is like pretty fucking wild. So like we can't just blame this on COVID. Now, I have a lot of thoughts on this. A lot of my thoughts relate to the loneliness aspect of it, because that I think is a very big deal. And I do think a lot of it is the effect of technology. Like I do think that we're living in a time where you can entertain yourself so easily, right? Like I could sit at home in my apartment by myself for like a full month and have a ball, right? I mean, I have a dog also, but still, like, I could sit and watch TV. I can scroll TikTok at the same time. I can, you know, play a game on my phone while I watch TV. I mean, really, it's it's TV and phone, right? Technology has made it easier and easier to be disconnected from people. At the same time, I think there's been this recent rise in certain types of like psychology. Like, for example, we've identified codependency, right? And so there's a lot of like talk about like codependency and people pleasing and like, um, you know, like awareness of other people's toxicity. And I see it a lot where people like point out everyone else's toxicity instead of recognizing themselves as kind of the common denominator. Like even if like denominator, sorry, even if everyone you know is like so toxic, at some point it's like, okay, like why do you only know toxic people then? You know, like if everyone you formed a friendship with is so problematic, why are you constantly 
befriending people that are so problematic, you know? Um, I almost hesitate to talk about this, but whatever, I'm going to. There's someone that I know. I'm not going to say how I know this person, but there's someone that I know who I follow on Instagram and she posts a lot about how she like doesn't really have friends and like she'll sometimes say things like, oh, you know, as my psychic abilities have been coming in more like I don't need to be around people or um, like pointing out a lot of like things that she suffered through, which I'm sure she has. Like, I'm sure she's been in a lot of problematic relationships, both romantic and friendship relationships. And I'm sure she has suffered a lot. I'm not discounting that at all. But the thing, the energy that she keeps coming back to is like, and it's okay. Like my psychic abilities are coming in more so I can't be around people as much or like, you know, I'm okay on my own, whatever. Like this vibe of like, I'm not codependent. I'm so independent. I'm sufficient on my own. And like, that's great. Like I talk about this shit too, right? Like I'm part of this problem also. Like I literally could be home by myself and be fine, but eventually I would get really fucking depressed because I do need social interaction and we all need social interaction. And there's stuff Study after study after study after study that shows the biggest determinant in our happiness levels and our health levels in everything that we experience in life is the strength of the community around us. And that doesn't necessarily mean romantic relationships, although that's certainly a part of it, but relationships in general. And that's such a big part of why I do this podcast, because I am one of those people who could just like fully hermit and be like, fuck everyone. And I've done it so many times because it's easier it's easier for me to just sit at home by myself. It's easier. Like even like think about how cranky I am today. It's probably because I've been around people for a month straight and I'm craving being alone because that's easier for me because when I'm alone, I don't have to go internal as much. I don't have to think about my behavior. I don't have to think about why I'm being such a big cunt. I don't have to try to be nice to people. I don't have to do all these things, right? Like I don't have to assess my behavior and like why some of my relationships seem to not work and like why why, you know, why friendships that fall apart and why I seem to turn into such a massive cunt eventually if I'm around people long enough and all these various things, right? It's easier to be alone. Relationships can be hard, especially because, well, especially if you have like various childhood things, which like all of us do, that make our behavior sometimes less than perfect. And then relationships bring those to the surface, right? Being in relationships, whether they're romantic or platonic or any other form, is harder than being alone unequivocally, unless you're someone who like really has a complete inability to be alone, in which case it you already know this, right? Either way, for most of us, relationships are harder than being alone, but they are so fucking important. Like they are so important for every part of our lives. They're important for our happiness levels. They're important for living that kind of fulfilling life. And so like when I see this girl being like, oh, like my psychic abilities are coming in, so I need to be alone or like, oh, I'm better off alone or like yada, yada. What I see is someone who is deeply, deeply hurt and like I have so much compassion for that. And instead of just acknowledging how painful this is, she's trying to do that thing of being like, but I'm better off. And 
that type of like toxic positivity and like bypassing your emotions never works in the long run. It might work in the short run, right? It's a lot easier to be like, oh, I'm better off. I'm better off. Like, oh, I'm just keeping positive. It is a lot easier in the short term, but it does you no favors in the long term. So I'm fully on board about everything this article said about like the loneliness stuff. Now, for me, the connection between sex and loneliness is a bit tenuous. And I'm not saying that they're not like correlated. Of course, they're correlated. Like I I can see that correlation very easily. But her argument essentially of like we should be fighting the loneliness epidemic by having more sex, that I don't understand. And I will read you another quote from this article, and maybe you can explain it to me. Um, The author writes, the loneliness epidemic may be a societal issue, but it can be solved at least partly at the level of individual bedrooms. Those of us in a position to be having more sex ought to be doing so. Here is the rare opportunity to do something for the betterment of the world around you that involves nothing more than indulging in one of humanity's most essential pleasures. Okay, so like maybe I'm a little bit dense, but I just do not understand how, let's say like I'm in a position to have more sex, right? Like I have a partner we're safe. I mean, not so much pregnancy safe, but like, like, you know, we're, we're good as far as like STDs and things like that go. My, um, you know, vaginal area has healed quite nicely from the UTI that I was suffering from last week. And like, we're capable of having sex. We're able-bodied. Like we have, I don't know. I don't know what the resources to have sex are. We're able to have sex, right? So like, according to this author, we should be having more sex. And the reason we should be having more sex is us having more sex will fight other people's loneliness. And I just don't understand how. I'm not saying the author is wrong. The author could be right. I just don't understand it on an intellectual level. So if someone could explain it to me, I mean, listen, like, if this is my way to give back to society, I'm happy to do so. Again, I just don't understand how these things relate and I'm not saying they don't, I just don't understand it. So someone enlighten me, but in the meantime, I guess I'll go fuck my boyfriend more often. You're welcome, society. Um, Okay, moving right along. I was listening to a different podcast, and this author, by the way, I just looked at the time, and we're going long. This is a Q&A episode. I might have to do it in two parts. Um, because they do have like some really good questions. Um, but we'll see. Maybe they'll be quicker. Who knows? Anyway, um, this podcast host is like a neuroscientist and he said something very, very interesting that I wrote down. So the exact quote is life is the C between B and D. So B is birth, D is death, and C is choice. So I'm going to repeat that quote. He said, life is the C between B and D. So life is the choices between birth, 
and death. So we are the sum total of the choices that we have made. And he said something interesting. He said there are four different types of choices that we can be making all the time. So the first type of choice is to do more of something. So what are you currently doing that you want to be doing more of? Maybe it's meditating. Maybe it's exercising. Maybe it's like, you know, I'm sure you're eating some healthy food and some unhealthy food. Um, And he said to increase something just 1% a day compounded, that's 37 times more over a year. So what is one thing that you want to do more of either in frequency or in duration? Think of that right now. The second type of choice is to do less of something. What's something that's not yielding the results you want in your life, in health, in relationships? So I don't know, examples could be like refined sugar, um, other types of healthy, unhealthy food, like processed foods. Uh, maybe it's picking fights. Maybe it's being easily triggered. So pick one thing that you want to do less of. The third type of choice you could be making is to start something new. So something you're not currently doing but want to start doing. Now, you don't need to see the entire staircase. You just need to take the first step, small, simple steps. So like, for example, if you're not exercising at all, you don't need to go from not exercising to doing like 45-minute full-body exercises. Instead, I don't know, go for like a 10-minute walk. Um, Start doing like five minutes of core workouts. If you don't meditate at all, instead of starting by like doing a fucking like TM 20 minutes twice a day type situation, what I always advocate is do one minute per day. One minute, 60 seconds. That is it. That is the only way that you need to start meditating. So pick one thing that you want to add to your repertoire. And then the fourth type of choice is to stop doing something. So what are you doing that's hurting you, harming you, moving you away from your goals? It could actually be something that's not even bad. It could be something that's actually good, but eliminating it will make room for something great. So for example, like Maybe there's like a fuckboy that you're talking to, maybe friendships that aren't aligned, maybe smoking, maybe drinking, like there could be any number of things that you're doing that you want to full stop, stop, like not do less of, but full stop, stop. And it could be something good, like maybe there's someone that you're seeing who is like fine, who's good, like it's fine, but they're taking up space of someone who could be really great, right? That's like eventually, I mean, thinking of my relationship with Van Guy, it was pretty good for the most part. I mean, like at the end, we did like break up in a fight. So I mean, there were things that weren't great, but like all relationships are like that. But it was pretty good. He was super emotionally available, yada, yada, yada. But I knew at the end that I had to cut it out to make room for something great because he wasn't I mean, for me, really, it came down to that sense of humor thing, right? He's like kind of more of like a serious, deep, thoughtful, like romantic, emotional kind of guy that a lot of girls would kill for. It's just like I need a silly, goofy kind of guy. And I, you know, still kind of had Ozzy in my mind. And I like it's not that I necessarily knew I was going to end up with Ozzy again because I, you know, like we had dated for like a couple of months and it didn't go anywhere. So it's not like I necessarily knew that was going to be it. But I did know 
that this wasn't it. And it was good, but it wasn't that great that I have with Ozzy, like where we just like laugh until we start crying over like nothing, you know, that is the great that I had to make room for. Now, there is a secret fifth type of choice, and that's to continue doing something, because if we're not changing something, we are choosing it. So I was trying to think of my four upcoming choices, right? Um, Fuck, I just had one that I completely, completely forgot. It was my new. I had it in my head one second ago and it completely went away. Okay. So what I want to do more of is movement. What I want to do less of is doing things that I don't actually want to do in order to make other people happy. Now, the reason I say less is because I do think I have that like I can't completely cut this out, right? Like, for example, when I get back to town, I'm going to have to go see my family. Do I want to go see my family? Not really. I'll be honest with you. Not really. I'm not particularly interested in seeing my family. Um, I mean, do I want to see my niece? Yes. I just like the rest of them. Take it or leave it for me. No offense. Um, but I'm going to do it because it'll make them happy. Now I'm going to do it for like a day and a half because that's going to be my way of bargaining. Um, for example, there are like weddings I don't necessarily want to go to, but I will. It's not that I don't want to go want to go. It's like I don't want to spend a thousand dollars to see your wedding, which is what it costs every time I have to go to a wedding because I have to book travel. I have to book hotels, yada, yada, yada. You know, that shit adds up. Um, So like, you know, do I enjoy doing that? No. I mean, the wedding itself usually is fun and I appreciate seeing my friends in love. But, you know, there are times where I do have to do things that I don't necessarily want to do just for other people's happiness, but I want to be doing a lot less of it because it does build resentment. Um, What is the new thing I want to be doing? I literally just had it in my head, but it completely went away. One thing I was thinking about, though, was like taking reformer Pilates classes, but that is not the thing I was just thinking of. I honestly don't know. I honestly do not know. And the thing that I want to stop doing entirely, no fucking clue. That I actually like, I really can't think of anything that I want to stop doing entirely. But it's something I need to think about. And then my secret fifth is I'm continuing the podcast and the courses and all of that type of shit. So right now, think to yourself, what are the four or five choices? But I mean, you don't even have to think about the fifth one because anything kind of that isn't falling into those four buckets is falling into the fifth bucket. You know, by the way, I have like a lot more for each of these categories, like things I want to be doing more of. I just said I want to be eating more raw vegan foods. I want to be um, I want to be like more on TikTok when I get back. Um, So there are like other things that are falling into all of these buckets. But right now, for the purposes of this exercise, come up with one thing for each bucket, like the biggest thing for you. Oh, you know what's another new thing I want to do? But this isn't the one I just had in my head. It's going to drive me fucking crazy. Um, One new thing I want to do is I want to hire like an organizer for my apartment to come and organize my closets because I've waited two years being like, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll, I'll do it. And as it turns out, I'm not doing it. So... <laughs> 
Or I don't know. You know what would make me do it? Does someone want to come over and hang out with me? Like we'll have a couple of drinks. We'll listen to music. We'll make it fun. If someone just comes and hangs out with me, I'll do it. It's just like, like, for example, before I left town, Stella came over and just hung out with me while I cleaned out the fridge and I finally got it done. So if someone just comes and hangs out with me, I will do it. Um, So that offer stands if anyone wants to do that. Okay, moving right along, I am going to be answering some of your questions today. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry, we're not there yet. (laughs) Okay, so I had this dream while I was in Tasmania. And in my dream, I was dating a girl. And um, I was annoyed at her because I said, I love you so much to her. And she responded to me and said, I have so much love for you. (laughs) And that really pissed me off. And I decided to just ignore her. And I guess I, I don't know. I, these are like my notes I wrote down immediately when I woke up from this dream and it was like two weeks ago. But I guess like I was saying to someone else in the dream, I was like, I'm not being a mean girl by ignoring her. I'm just annoyed with her because of what she said. So I'm going to ignore her. And here's the thing. I think that is being a mean girl. That's mean because she had no idea what she did that resulted in her being ignored. Like she probably thought she did nothing wrong. Even if she did think she did something wrong. Like it's not, I think ignoring someone because you're annoyed with something that they did without communicating what they did is being a mean girl. It's a form of stonewalling. It's actually quite toxic and it's like really kind of a form of abuse. And I was talking to a friend of mine who said that he had this really close friend who like just suddenly like ghosted him. Like they were like best friends. They did everything together and he just suddenly ghosted him. And He thinks the reason is because like this friend made like other like, I don't know, cooler friends or whatever. So he didn't need him anymore. But regardless of what the reason is, it was like so painful for him. And I really do want to be doing more like friendship content on this podcast. Like I have a lot of friendship shit I could be talking about. The reason it hasn't come up yet is because it's an area where I need to do more research. It's going to be coming. But I really do think in general, like we owe people explanations, even if you think it's like so so obvious what this person did was wrong like in my head it was so obvious that it was like so fucked up for her to be like I have so much love for you when I said I love you so much those are like very different things right but like to her it could not have been that obvious to my fictional dream girlfriend you know okay moving right along So the first question I just wanted to touch on real quick, someone asked, did you ever get those Mylar balloons? Um, So to recap, if you don't know what she's referring to, leading up to the 100th episode, I talked a lot about how I wanted to get those like big Mylar balloons that say like, like the number one. So like I would get three, like a one, a zero and a zero and a gold. I just like really wanted them for the 100th episode. I was I talked about it like for like 10 weeks straight, probably. Um, No, 
I did not get them. So what ended up happening the day of my 100th episode, Ozzy was out of town. He got into town after like he was gone for like two, three weeks. So he like got back into town that evening. And then I had my very first Showfields event. So he came to Showfields with me and um, Stella was there. And after the event, the three of us went out for like dinner and I was hammered and it was so much fun. But no, I didn't get them. Um, I think like if Ozzy had been here, he would have gotten them for me. Um, obviously I knew like it wasn't possible for him cause he basically got in like right before the event. Um, and I mean, could I have gotten them for myself? Obviously I could have, um, you know, I can buy myself flowers. Um, but I don't know. I just didn't. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, maybe, I don't know, when I reach a certain number of downloads or something, I'll get them for myself. Maybe, oh, maybe when I reach like 100,000 TikTok followers on the Blush account, maybe then I'll get them for myself. Who knows? We'll see. Um, okay. Someone asked, would love to hear about your law school experience. Okay. So, I had so much fun in law school. Like it was so much fun. My first semester, I was like a little more isolated. I got like super, super sick kind of early on. Um, so I wasn't like going out with people and like getting to know people. I had like two friends. And then my second semester, I like got to know like kind of like the cool kids in law school and like going out more. And I just like really got into the community and I had so much fun. Like it was so much fun. But I had a lot of imposter syndrome with friends. Like once I made like the cool friends, like they were like, you know, the cool kids in law school who always hung out. Like I was always invited to stuff, but I always, always, always felt like I was only being invited because people were being nice to me. Like I always thought that they all secretly hated me and that they're just like tolerating me being around. Now, was it anything that they did? No, it was my own insecurities that were coming out. So there, there was that going on. It was the height of my eating disorder. I was constantly oscillating between binging and restricting. I had exceptionally low self-worth. There were like two different guys during my law school phase who I kind of had crushes on. And I had like extremely low self-worth behavior with them. Like I would settle for like being an afterthought. Um, I would settle for like a lot of things like not being treated right, yada, yada. Like exceptionally low self-worth. Um, and then obviously there was like the school element of it, which like you may have heard that law school is kind of hard, right? Here's the thing I will say. The things that people complain about being hard, yes, they are hard. I'm not denying that. Having done a lot of those things now, law school being a big one and studying for the bar being a big one. Yes, they are hard, but they're also like doable. Like they're not like the way people talk about law school is like you're going to like blow your brains out. It was fine. You just work hard. It's fine. The bar exam, the bar studying for the bar exam was some of the best times of my life. Now, this kind of goes back to the earlier like loneliness thing. I had like a perfect excuse to never do anything social. It's when I started to get really healthy. It's when I started to meditate every day. I'd been newly vegan. I had a personal trainer I was working out with like four or five times a week. Um, so I had like a nice little routine. I'd study four hours a day, which is way less than anyone else I know, but it was enough to pass the exam. Like I just had, it was almost like I'd set up like 
like a retreat for myself. So I was like starting to eat healthier. I was exercising. I was like doing a lot of like steam rooms and saunas and things like that. And then also studying. Like I, I mean, like, did I have to study every single day? Yes. But it's, it's just, it, it, you know what it is? I was thinking about this with kids. I'm sure that having kids is really, really hard. I was actually talking about this with Ozzy's friend's wife the other night. We were at their place and, um, and she, they have two kids, right? One is three turning four. The other is I don't know, between one and two, I think. Like he's like up and mobile and walking. Like he's probably close to two, I think, because he's like very, very good at movement, um, but not quite talking yet. Super cute, like very like whimsical, like um, what could I describe it to? It's almost like a Topanga kind of lifestyle they have. Like she's like kind of like very like new age spiritual wellnessy. Um, like their vibe is very like a lot of like wood and I don't know like decor terms, but think like Topanga, like cute, chic, new age cottage and Topanga type vibes, right? Um, and she's like the reason you're so scared of having kids is because all people do, and she's like, I think this is especially true in America, is complain about how hard it is. And like, yeah, it's fucking hard. What did you think it was going to be easy? Did you think it was going to be easy when you had a helpless newborn child that you have to keep alive? Of course, it's fucking hard, but it's also really rewarding. And like, like I like I think about that a lot with like law school. Like, okay, what did you think it was going to be easy? Like, did you think studying for the bar exam was going to be easy. No, of course you have to work for it. But like it's doable, like the way people talk about things sometimes, like you would think it's like quite literally impossible, but it's not impossible. It's doable. And so like having gone through those experiences, I think now makes me think like, okay, I went through those and they really were not nearly as bad as the way people complain about them. So like yeah, I'm sure having a kid is really fucking hard. I'm sure having to pull your tit out 25 times a day to feed the fucking thing is really fucking hard. I'm sure once it starts to grow teeth and it starts trying to bite your nipples off, yeah, I'm sure that shit's hard. I'm sure changing diapers 14 times a day is really fucking hard. Like, what the fuck? Should I be drinking my own breast milk so I can shit like this baby too? <laughs> I'm sure... It's all really hard, but people have been doing it for centuries, you know? <laughs> okay, not me like alienating every fucking mom. Listen, I'm not denying that it is the single hardest job on the face of the planet. I think what I'm really trying to do is like talk myself into it and be like, I've done so many other things that have been hard. So let's bring this one on too. Um, in case you don't know, I've like really turned around on having kids lately, um, but still not anytime soon. And this next question is going to really fucking feed into this. I love this question. How do you not care about what religious family members think of you? And she, she wasn't asking like, how do I personally as a human being not care? What she meant is like, do you have any advice on how to not care what religious family members think of you? And so I just want to disclaim, I am not an expert here. 
not an expert at all. Um, now my family with me, it's like less religion. It's more like cultural things like that, whatever, but like same shit. Um, I will say I relative to where I was like pretty much exactly a year ago, well, more like 11, like 10, 10, 11 months ago, I've made massive strides because the last time I was in Australia, which was a bit later, I got here beginning of March and I left um late April. That's when a lot of like family shit came to a head for me. Um, Basically, like while I was here last year, I don't know, like my parents were watching my dog. So I do think that was a part of it. Like it was just like hard for them. You know, they're getting older. Like it was just overwhelming to have two dogs, whatever, even though my dog is like a sweet angel, like salt of the earth. Like there's like no better being than her on this entire planet. But we're just going to let that go for now. So I think that was like a, a bit annoying for them. But I think it's beyond that. They just kind of like had an attitude when I talked to them, especially my mom, which is interesting because like my dad is the one who's like really... um toxic <laughs> like my dad my dad is like more toxic in an uh like an in your face kind of way like he can get really angry and stuff like that um but like my mom would just like be like passive aggressive or like I can't explain it it's just like her general attitude on the phone and I would still call them every single day even though it was like sucking the life out of me like it would like stress me out and then at the same time like completely unrelated to their behavior but being here and seeing like Ozzy's family in particular like Ozzy's brother has like two young girls and like last year they were like six and nine um they're like these like really blonde really pretty really athletic girls and seeing them always like brings up inner child stuff for me like like last year was like I mean, this kind of continues, but like they're they look a lot like the type of girls I wish I was when I was younger, just like really blonde, really pretty, like really kind of like seemingly perfect home life with like a family that like kind of unconditionally loves them and doesn't have stupid rules that make absolutely no sense. And like they would like talk about like their boyfriends and crushes and like things like that and go to sleepovers and all these things that like I was never allowed to do. Like if I talked about a boy in the house, the I, I can't even imagine imagine how my dad would have reacted and they're so like effortlessly skinny and like um athletic and I was none of those things and so like blonde and pretty and I was none of those things and they looked a lot like the type of girls who would have teased me when I was a kid so it was like very triggering and it brought up a lot of like a lot of inner child stuff and a lot of like just mourning of my inner child that I never got to have that childhood. Like I didn't get to have a childhood where I looked like everyone else in my class. I didn't get to have a childhood where I was like safe in my family home, you know? I didn't get to have a childhood where I just got to be a kid. Like a lot of my childhood was having to manage my dad's emotions, was having to constantly be on guard to make sure that he wouldn't flip out so that things would be safe in my family home. And so like that was going on for me, like I was being triggered on that front while I'm, by the way, through no fault of theirs, it's not like any of this shit is their fault to be abundantly clear, but just their existence like made me sad for all of those reasons. And then at the same time, I'm dealing with when I am calling those dumb cunts being my parents, 
<laughs> they're like kind of giving me attitude. It's like as though I'm doing something wrong by just like having fun, which is something I dealt with a lot growing up. Um, so it was like super, super triggering for me. And last year, what I really wanted was more independence. Now, I do want to say <sighs> dealing with issues with our family and like in particular, like you might look at this and be like, okay, you're an independent adult, right? Like you are earning your own money. You don't live with them. Like you no longer are beholden to them in any sort of way. So why do you still care? And I just want to say it is so normal. Like it's actually quite evolutionary. We have evolved to need our parents' approval in order to stay alive. So if you like this listener or someone who like falls into like, why do I still care what my parents think? Like I'm a fucking grown ass adult. I live on my own. I make my own doll hairs. Like this doesn't affect me. No, it's still ingrained in your brain because your entire childhood, the way your brain thinks is like, if these people don't accept me, then uh, it's a life or death situation because it quite literally is. I mean, going back to before, it is our parents who quite literally keep us alive. I mean, as infants, we're completely helpless. So we are evolved to need their approval. And that doesn't just turn off because we turn 18, 19, 20, 21, move out and have independent jobs. That doesn't just automatically turn off. So it is like very, very valid. Now, Things that I have done in the past 10, 11 months that have really helped me shift are I started talking to them less. I stopped trying to explain myself to them. But the really big thing is doing a lot of reparenting work. And the way that I do that is like in like a deep meditative, like theta brainwave hypnotic state, I visualize a new childhood, a different childhood from what I had. So I'll have like different parents, I'll have different experiences. And that might sound like silly or woo woo, but what it does is our brains, like when you're in that kind of hypnotic theta brainwave state and you visualize in a lot of detail, our brains don't know the difference between that visualization and something actually having happened. So when you do that consistently, what you're doing is you're building new neural pathways in your brain as though that happened. So I usually like to do this by having my adult self be the parent to child me and I connect with that child me and I parent it the way that I needed parenting. So it's often very open, progressive, um, you know, sex positive kind of parents who like let me talk about boys and would give me boy advice and like all these various things, right? All these various things that I wish I had had in childhood and they're really stable and they're really affectionate with each other and they're, you know, I don't have to constantly be on guard and anytime something does go wrong, they explain to me, they communicate to me. They don't just say, this is how it is. They communicate, which by the way, like, doing a lot of like research on inner child stuff. That's like one of the most problematic things that parents do. It's like, because I said so. No, not because you said so. Just explain. Just explain. Like this child has like some level of critical thinking skills. Just explain the decision. They'll understand it then, but just explain. And it's not that you have to be perfect. You can get in a fight, but after the fight, you need repair. So like if you as parents have fights, after the fight, go and communicate to your child, explain what happened, because this is all part of healthy discourse, right? Anyway, so I give all of those things to myself. 
those things have really helped me. And like, I don't just do inner child work once. I do it like once a quarter. I revisit and I'm like, okay, what do I still need? And I go back and I do the whole series. I go through my entire childhood again and I give myself everything that I still need. Now, this is like a longer term thing. It's not something that just happens overnight, although you can start quite literally today. But one question I would ask yourself immediately is, okay, like what you're looking to bring in is like not caring what your family thinks, right? So what would you do differently today if you literally didn't give a fuck what they thought? What like what would you do differently and list out all of those things and then see what tiny element of that can you implement today? So last year and in general with my parents, I would say I want more independence. And so last year when I was in Australia, I was talking to them daily and it would put a damper on my day. And I remember asking myself, what would I do differently today if I was fully independent from my parents? And one of the answers was I would not call them every day. So I just stopped calling them every day. This year, I will say... um. The, other, the last time I talked to my mom was like a few days ago. I called and she kind of seemed to have a bit of an attitude. And it was just like an unpleasant phone conversation. I was like, I'm not calling her the rest of the time I'm here. And the thing is, if she asks and I was like, oh, you have a bit of an attitude. She gets defensive. She brings it back at me like she always does this shit. If I anytime I like accuse her of anything, she's like, no, you do that. No, you do that. No, you do that. And so I like I'm not even going to bother if she's like, why didn't you call me? I'll be like, I was busy. I'm not even going to bother trying because I know she doesn't get it. She doesn't have the emotional capacity to understand it, which also is not her fault. It's the result of her own trauma and the fact that she, unlike me, has never had the resources to deal with these things, right? Like therapy was never really an option for her. So I can't even get mad at that. I can't even get upset at that. But what I can do is protect my own peace. And, you know, thinking about like the fact that I want kids and stuff, like, a lot of like I'm like I mean right now I don't think would be the right time to have kids anyway for a million reasons that have nothing to do with my parents but the way my parents would freak the fuck out if I had a if I had a child without getting married and part of me is like fuck it maybe I will do that like not right now obviously but maybe in a year or two I will do that now I do want to be engaged for personal reasons and those personal reasons are I want a diamond but like the marriage doesn't really fucking matter to me. So like, why would I do that to appease my parents? Um, Okay, I think I'm going to leave off here and answer the rest of the questions in next week's episode where I will hopefully be back in New York. But who the fuck knows? Maybe I'll be living in Dallas because that is what that succubus of a city does. By the way, I don't actually know what succubus means. What I am, I mean, I don't think succubus means this, but how I picture it picture Dallas as a city is, you know, those flowers where um, like certain bugs like to like get the nectar out of the flower, but it like sucks you in and then you can't leave and it traps the bug and then it eats it. That is Dallas as a city. And I'm so sorry if there are any listeners from Dallas. I do advise moving out of the town because... It's really fucking with me as a human being. But yeah, hopefully I'll be back in New York and I will finish your questions. If you have more questions, bring them in. Um, We'll try to squeeze as many in as possible. I won't go on 25 tangents about Dallas and my vagina and God knows what else. So I'll squeeze in as many questions as possible in next week's episode. Um, Love you guys. 
Uh, per usual, if you enjoyed this episode, if you took something from it, please leave a five-star review. It helps the show so, so, so much. Share it with people who you think would take something from it. Um, submit more questions. We'll plow through them. Um, and yeah, um, I'm so sorry for the <laughs> energy today. <laughs> I'm mildly constipated and in a cunty mood, and here we are. Um, and I have no idea if I did ovulate, did not ovulate, or what the fuck is going on with my cycle. So that's that on that. Um, we'll have Stella on soon, though, to figure out how to do the proper type of fertility awareness method so that we can have babies, so that we can not have babies, or wherever you stand on that proposition in general. Um, okay, seriously, love you guys. Um, talk to you when I'm on the other side of the planet, hopefully. Bye. Bye.